Let's pray together. Lord, today your word is going to tell us that you want us to succeed. Help us to understand what that means, Lord. What we, what we know not teach us, what we are not make us, what we have not give us. Lord, I cannot say the words needed today. Holy Spirit, give me the words. Father, we need you. We need your heart. We need to know this truth. So Holy Spirit, give us eyes that can see and ears that can hear. Father, I pray right now that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth will be pleasing to you, O God. You're my Lord. You're my rock. My Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Living Hope has been consistent about a lot of things over the years. And you can look back on the life of our church and you can see this path. And along this path, you will see where there have been many children who have come to know Jesus and where many missionaries have been raised up. And the reason for that is because of the many things Living Hope has been consistent about. It has been consistent in preaching the gospel, holding to biblical authority, and then raising up missionaries and sending them out and training children in the gospel. And so when you look at our history and you see our heritage, what you will find is that there are, that there are people who have always been faithful to the gospel, who have believed in the authority of God's Word. And because of that, they have sought to raise children and to help parents disciple their children. And in the process, there have been many pastors, ministers, and missionaries raised up. If you look in your bulletin, you'll see a list of some of those who were raised here, who have come to know Christ, and then have now gone out and, and are now serving the Lord in ministry. And those are just those we know. We know there are so many more that have been raised up because of the consistency of this church. Consistency in a single direction will cause a church or a person to go a long way. So also inconsistency will cause a church or a person to be limited in the extent of their endeavors. You see this physically. You see those who are faithful and pursuing the, the health of their bodies. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, two young men came into the place where I was working out, and their grandfather, who was obviously had been consistent for many years in training himself, had brought them, and uh, they needed it. They were, they were soft in way too many places. And, and it's interesting to see them two years later, these chiseled, strong young men that I would not want to mess with. Why? Because of consistency. Because they, they maintain a focus on a particular path. You, you see it also in uh, business owners and, uh, and homeowners. There's, there's two kinds. Those who take care of their landscaping in their yards and people like me, right? There are those who trim the hedges and pull the weeds regularly, and there's those like me who do it once or twice a year as told or as required to. And, and so the, the look of it, you, you can see it. And so it is with Christians, those who are disciples of Jesus Christ, those who are faithful, consistent disciples, who have sought to be worshipers, to be family to this church, to, to be servants, to be learners, to be missionaries. You can see them. We can admire them. And, and they can show through the, the, the proof of the fruit of their faith that, that they have walked with God. And having walked with Him, they have seen the blessing of it. It, it doesn't happen through spiritual spurts. Some of you right now, you're on a spiritual spurt. You're what uh, a, a deacon's wife said to me many years ago, what she called it at our church then, uh, 60-day saints. There are individuals who would show up to church for about 60 days. 
And they would be there, and sometimes they would make decisions, sometimes they wouldn't, but they would typically disappear until the next emergency in their life came up, and then they would go and seek the face of God. But there was never any real growth. There was no sustaining growth because there was no consistency. The inconsistency showed the lack of depth in their own life, and it will always show. And guys, what we need, what God is calling us to, is to consistency. And that's what we see in our text today. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, go to, with me now to Joshua chapter 1. Actually, Sewell's going to provide our reading, and it is Providence Sewell that she would be doing this. This is a young lady who is consistent. I've noticed that she, is, she was two. And she has a dream to, to pursue dancing, a dancing career. She's worked very hard, and she will soon be moving to a large city to pursue a career in that. So we need to be praying for her. And I ask you to please be praying for her and ask God to bless her and use her, but also realize she's in a big city, and she's maybe little, but she's strong. And we need to ask God's blessing. But her parents and her, her pastor, me, I, we are most proud because she has pursued Jesus Christ faithfully. And in pursuing Jesus Christ, she is now free to pursue God's will for her life. And so it is right for her to read our text today. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. She's going to read for us verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1 as we get ready to, to be reminded of the necessity of consistency. So actually, if you would read that for us. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ashley. If you would, go ahead and be seated as you do let me draw your attention to that last phrase, that last section there in verse 7, that you may have good success wherever you go. God wants, I would even go so far as to say, God expects his people to succeed. But we should not, we should not think of that word in the same way the world does. Please understand that success, according to God, it is not health, it is not happiness, and it's not comfort. That's the American way. That's the way of the world. But that is not the way of Christ. Christ is not always going to call us to be happy and healthy and comfortable. Ask the Apostle Paul, who penned the most, uh, some of the most important letters ever written that are now part of our scripture when he was in prison under persecution. Understand that the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, understand that all the apostles suffered and died because of their faith. They were not happy. They were not healthy. They were not comfortable. They were persecuted. They were in pain. And yet they were successful because we still talk about them today. There's a reason why we name our dogs Caesar and our children Peter. Because success is fulfilling God's purpose for your life. The success that God calls us to is a, is a, is a success that is enduring. We need to understand as believers in Jesus Christ that success is fulfilling God's plan for us, which he put forth before the foundation of the world. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. You are his captain. You, you are made in the image of God. As a human being, you are a prized, prized, precious person to God. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're even more. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. God has something for us to do. Good things God wants us to do. But look when he, look when he came up with these things, which God prepared beforehand. That is before the foundation of the world that we should walk in them. 
Success is knowing and fulfilling God's purpose for our life. That's a blessed life. A blessed life is a life that, that has confidence, that, that has contentment, that is filled with hope, that is filled with love, that is filled with the power of the presence of God. The life that has that is a life that is successful. And God is calling us to this success. That's what it means to be blessed. God's blessing is a life that is content. It is a, it is a life that is confident. It's filled with hope and love and the power and the presence of God. Well, where does that come from? Write this down. God's blessing comes from consistent obedience to the Father, which comes from consistent love for the Son, which comes from consistent life in the Spirit. God's blessing comes from consistent obedience to the Father, which comes from consistent love for the Son, which comes from consistent life in the Spirit. Let's take these a step at a time. It begins with consistent obedience to the Father. God's will is only found and realized through faithful, consistent obedience. Without obedience to God, we will wander from the path and we will miss out on the blessing of God. And what a sad state of affairs when you look back on your life and you, and you have regret because you missed out on so much of the blessing that God wanted for you. I had a dear friend I, I met years ago in the late 50s. He, he went out on his own, left, left family, left things that, that were good, right, and he pursued his own way. And in the process, he made millions of dollars and lost millions of dollars. Picked up some addictions, overcame some of them, was married and divorced many times. When I met him, he had come to faith in Jesus Christ, and there was a sadness to him. And I would ask him, why? Why are you sad? And he would say to me, listen, I know that my past is redeemed. I know that my present makes sense. I know that my future is secure. But he said, I wasted so much of my life. I missed so many of the blessings that God has for me. Now, this is a man that influenced me, and one of the reasons why I'm a pastor today is because of that man. There are churches that are thriving in the world today because that man funded them. He once lost every dollar he had because of cocaine. And once he came to faith in Jesus Christ, he made millions more, and he gave, he gave so much of it away. But yet, there was still regret in him. I know he's in heaven now. I know that, that he is pleased. I know he heard, well done, good and faithful servant. But I also know that there was, a, there was an empty place for 40 years of nothingness as he dealt with addictions and sin and fleshly living. And there's no success in that. There's no blessing in that. Blessing comes from faithful obedience to the Father. But that doesn't happen because we have willpower. Some of you hear that and you're thinking to yourself, that's right, I gotta really strengthen up. I gotta I gotta get myself, I gotta really, I gotta push through, I gotta make it happen. It won't happen that way. Because sooner or later you're gonna get tired, or you're gonna get tempted, and you're gonna fail. There's only one way that we can be consistently obedient to the Father. It comes only through a consistent love for the Son. It's only in and as much as we love Jesus that we'll be obedient to the Father. See, nothing remains consistent without the right motivation. 
if we seek obedience through, through, through getting things we want out of God, if we just say, okay, God, I, I want this, and so I'm just going to I'm gonna put up with you, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to do these things so I can get what I want. Here's what we'll soon do. We'll soon give up on God and realize that we can get a lot of earthly things on our own, and we really don't need God, especially in this nation. But what we'll realize is that nothing that really matters, nothing of real substance will remain apart from Christ. Jesus provides the means. And without Him, without His love, we will not be able to consistently walk in obedience to the Father. Right now, I'm grieving. I'm overwhelmed, honestly. Because there are some men that I know of some that were even deacons here at this church. Men and families that were sitting in the very seats that some of you are sitting in right now, I can picture them sitting there now who are not walking with Christ. I think about some right now who are going through divorces whose children won't speak to them. Why? Because they decided that they deserve to be happy. They deserve to be comfortable. And if God doesn't give them what they want, then forget God. I want to get what I want. And they're destroying themselves. They're destroying their lives. They're destroying their families. And I want to tell you, some of you right now, you are on that path yourself. And here's why. It's not because you're you're not, not capable of having the willpower. Here's why. It's because you're beginning to take your eyes off of Jesus. See, once you take your eyes off of Jesus and you stop seeing how wonderful Jesus is, you stop loving Jesus. And when you stop loving Jesus, you stop obeying the Father. And once you stop obeying the Father, you have no hope. You have no success. You have no blessing. If you're going to be blessed, it requires consistent obedience to the Father through a consistent love for the Son. But even that love is something that we are incapable of because we are born with a sin nature. We have a love for ourselves. We love to be happy, to be healthy, to be comfortable, oftentimes more than we love our Maker and the one who gives us life. And because of that, we need something outside of us that will inspire us and enable us to see Christ as He is so that we can love Him for all that, that, that He has and all that He does and for all that He is. We need the Spirit of God to do that. Without the Spirit of God, we have no hope. So we, we've got to have a consistent obedience to the Father, which comes from consistent love for the Son, which comes from consistent life in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the divine life that inspires the love and gives us eternal life. Without the Holy Spirit, we have no power. We don't have the power to love. We don't have the power to believe. He gives us that. He gives us the power to live because He gives us life. I was trying to get my computer to work Friday night. We had an elders meeting, and, I, and it would only work when I plugged it in, and I was very frustrated. It said something about a battery not being detected, and I didn't really pay much attention to it. It was working. That was enough. But it's a laptop, and it's a great laptop, and it's a big laptop. It's my big fat hands, and I, I like it, right? And I can see the big screen. I can put all my programs on. But here's the thing. If it doesn't have any power, it doesn't matter how great it is. I found out that I had dropped my laptop into my backpack too often and the battery had fallen out. And I needed that battery in that laptop. Strange, isn't it? That you'd actually need the battery in the, the computer in order for it to work. 
So it is with us. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It doesn't work if we just know about the need for the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work if we have information about the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit giving us life and guiding us to a a, a true vision of Christ so that we will love Him. And when we love Jesus, we will live in obedience to the Father. And this is the will of God. So God told Joshua through him us, only be strong. And if you remember last week, we talked about what it means to be strong. It means you're weak. It means you say, I can't do it, but God can. And because we depend on God, the strength of God is at work in us. And so our strength, we are told to be strong by being dependent upon God. And he says, and very courageous. And if you remember last week, we talked about courage comes from fearing God. If you fear God, you need not fear anything else. But if you don't fear God, you fear everything else and you have no courage. But to see God as your Father and the Almighty He is, when you fear Him, then you need not fear anything else. So we can be strong and courageous, and we can do that to do according to all of the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. By consistently obeying the Father because of a love for Jesus, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live a, we can live a blessable life. And our lives are only blessed through obedience to the Father, through love of the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the only way that happens is by faith. It's through faith. It's by trusting in who God is and what He can do. And that's the only thing that will please God. You know this one, Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. And so to enjoy God's blessing that comes through consistency, we must please God with faith and draw near to God. Well, how do you draw near to God? Well, first of all, you have to believe that He exists. And the only way that you will ever believe that He exists is by examining both, both general and special revelation. There is a general revelation that exists in all human beings. We can look at creation. We can look at the distinctiveness of our humanity having been made in the image of God. And we can know that there is a God. Can we suppress that truth? Absolutely. It's what Roman 1 tells us. Roman 1 tells us that we have the power to suppress the truth of the reality of, of God, of who He is. But if we won't suppress that truth, if we will look at the reality of our Maker and the power, that general revelation, we will know something of God, but God did not just give us general revelation. He has given us a special revelation, the revelation of His Word. And it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we understand the truth of this Word. We have eyes that can see and ears that can hear. And through this special revelation, we realize who God truly is. And having believed that He exists, we seek to obey Him. Why? Because we, we know, because the Word says He rewards those who seek Him. Not just in this life, but in the life to come. We know that heaven is our home, and we know that even now, the Spirit of God is with us. And as, as we are consistent, as we stay on the path, and we continue week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, living in consistent obedience to the Father and consistent love of Jesus the Son and consistent life in the Holy Spirit, there will be stories of success. There will be blessedness that, that, that is behind us. Again, not simply health, not just happy, not just comfort, but significance. 
seeing where God did miracles. Seeing where God changed us and through us brought truth and hope and healing to the world. This is God's blessing. And there's three things that are always threatening God's blessing. Uh, if you got your Bible, go over with me right now to 1 John. I want you to see these three threats. I want to quickly explain them to you just so you can acknowledge them, so that you can recognize them. Because I can guarantee you this, they are right now acting on you. Some of you right now, those are acting on you. And they're keeping you from even hearing and understanding what is being said right now. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. There's three of them. I want you to underline them. It says, For all of this is in the world, and there's three things. The desires of the flesh. Underline that. That's one. And the desires of the eyes. That's two. Underline that one. And pride of life. That's the third one. Underline that one. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Understand, and write this down, desires of the flesh keep us from being strong. We by nature want to be our own God. And this sin creates brokenness. We want to, we want to, in our own flesh, we want to satisfy the longings of our soul, but we can't do it. The, the desires of the flesh will never satisfy the eternal longing of our soul. So it doesn't matter how much you have, how much power, how many possessions, how much pleasure, how much popularity. It doesn't matter because those will never satisfy. And these desires are always keeping us from being strong. But also, desires of the eyes, they keep us from being courageous because rather than fearing God, we fear the loss of earthly things. We fear not gaining earthly things that, that we think that others have that are making them so much more successful and happy and healthy and significant than us because we do not see the greatness of God. Why don't we see it? Because, because of the desires of the eyes that are keeping us from seeing the greatness of God, which keeps us from fearing God, which makes us afraid of everything else. And then the pride of life. It keeps us from being obedient. Why? Because thinking we don't need God because we are so smart and capable keeps us from seeking God. And this sin creates brokenness. We need to be saved from the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life because all of those create brokenness. I want you to hear that. Think about that. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, that's where war comes from. That's where hate comes from. That's where racism comes from. That's where the worst things, divorce and, and death and pain and struggles and suffering, all of that comes from those three things. We weren't made for those. You know this. God's design is that we were made for harmony with God. But because we have sinned, we disobey God, it's created brokenness. But here's the thing, friends. If we will repent of the, 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 the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, if we will believe that Jesus Christ is God, that He's alive, that He's paid for our sin, we will be saved and we can pursue and recover God's design. And, and doing that enables us to truly live. So understand, God wants us to have success. He wants to bless us, and that comes through consistent obedience to the Father and love for the Son and life in the Spirit. 
yes, we have these three threats. Yes, the, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. But in the gospel, we have freedom. We are free to pursue and recover God's design and gain God's blessing. Now, understand that it requires a consistent walk to enjoy that blessing. You can't be on a spiritual spurt every now and then and get this blessing. It requires consistency in the same direction. Write this down. A consistent walk with God comes through a consistent life schedule. It requires us to schedule our lives. Now, you don't have to be as weird about it as I am. I get that. I, I schedule my life in a, in, a, in a very dictatorial way. I get that. You don't have to do it the way I do it. But you need to seriously take under consideration what the Word of God says about your time and why He demands this of us. See, we have to trust that God wants us to become something that is blessable. See, so what does God want us to become? There's five things. Five very powerful, important things. Make plans that help you become a worshiper with God's people. God wants us to be worshipers. Not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. I can guarantee you, if you're not worshiping with a family of faith, you will not be inspired to worship tomorrow, or Thursday, or Friday, or Saturday night. It is only through consistent worship that you become a worshiper of God's people. To be family. Not just to be a church member, not just to be someone who shows up in a pew, but truly to have family with other believers. To be a servant to the body and as the body. To be a servant that people respect and admire and look to. To be a learner. To, to be someone that says, you know what, that person's growing in their understanding of the Bible. I can trust the wisdom of their counsel because I know that they know the Word because they are learners of the Word. They know truth. To be a missionary where you live, work, learn, and play into the nations. God is calling us to be missionaries. The Great Commission. We are called to go and make disciples. Every single one of us. That's what we are to be. To be worshipers. To be family. To, to, to be servants. To be learners. To be missionaries. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it's by consistently walking in this path that we will enjoy God's blessing. Where are you on the path? There is a pathway that we use. It's called the Disciples Pathway. I want you to take a quick, a quick uh, survey of your own life. What is true? What is not true for you? Are you a worshiper? Do you consistently gather for worship? Or are you a person who shows up for worship when it's convenient or when things are really, really bad or really, really good or when you have some time left over? God wants us to be worshipers that are consistently gathering to worship Him. Do you have family in this church? Or do you still feel like a stranger after a few weeks or months or years? See, you need to be in a connect group. You need to have people that are depending on you and that you're depending on. You need to have that 2 a.m. friend. That if something happens at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know exactly who you're going to call. They're like family to you and they're a part of this church. You need to be serving. Are you a servant? Are you serving in the church? Do you have a role and responsibility that if you were not here today, a child or someone else would say, where is he? Where is she? We depend on this person because they are serving. They're a servant. Are you, are you a learner? Are you getting equipped? What have you done in the last six months in terms of taking an equipped class from one of our teachers to challenge yourself to grow spiritually? 
Are you a missionary? Do you have people that every single day you are praying for by name that they will be saved? Does heaven hear your voice lift up names of people that you're pursuing and praying for so that you can lead them to anchor their life and hope in Jesus? Are you multiplying your life? Quickly, where are you? What step do you need to take? I want to challenge you today to acknowledge where you are and take your next step. And I want you to make a commitment to that. Some of you need to commit yourself to Christ today. You need to say, Lord, I've been pursuing things that are not of you. I want to live in obedience because of the love I have and the power of the Spirit. And you can only do that if you will repent and believe in Jesus. Many of you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's what I know. Some of you will not be here in a matter of weeks, in a matter of months, because you will fall away. And it may be that the God of heaven will call you back. But for some of you, this is it. Today is the day of decision for you. There's a hardening of the heart that happens every time we hear the gospel and don't respond to that. This may be the last straw. Please don't. Don't turn away. Some of you, you need to take the next step. You're beginning to take some steps. What's your next step? Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Get on your knees before God today and say, Lord, I make this commitment to you. And then before you leave, go to Next Connect. Come and talk with me after the service. Say, okay, I've committed to God. I'm going to take this next step on the pathway so I can become what God wants me to be so I can live this blessed life. What do I need to do? This is the will of God. This is the will of God. Let me pray for us. Lord, right now, we need, we need to commit ourselves to you. We need, we need to acknowledge that you're our hope, that you're our life. There are some today who need to be saved. There are many who are already saved by grace to faith in Christ alone, but they're not being blessed because they are not consistently pursuing you in obedience with the love of Jesus, with the power of the Spirit, because they're not worshipers. They're, they're not family. They're not servants. They're not learners. They're not missionaries. And I pray right now that they will come and say, Lord, I commit myself anew to you. Lord, we do this with a confession. I pray right now as we sing this confession to you, that we, we know that it's true in our heart. And if we can't sing it, that we would come get our knees so that we can sing it. But Lord, hear this confession right now that we're about to sing and make it real in us that we might be blessed. We ask this in Jesus' name.